You're listening to The Frankie Files. FrankieFilesPodcast.com Hey everybody, just a little reminder about the changes that are going on. The Frankie Files Tuesday episodes will resume full editing and presentation on February of 2023. Meanwhile, I have opened the Frankie Files Explicit section. That's available either on Patreon or Acast Plus. We're going to air two hot for mainstream episodes there. I've been holding back. Meanwhile, enjoy this, one of our live Reddit talks. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Frankie Files podcast. Another one of our live Reddit talks. During October and November of 2022, I did a series of talks where people could join and I had a wonderful drop in. His name is Ayub Nahil. You can hear me calling him Nahil in this, but his name is Ayub, A-Y-O-U-B. And he spoke about being introduced to Steve Hassan's materials, one of the cult experts who has been around a long time doing what he's doing, and he was a survivor of the Moonies. He's going to bring us some information on Islam, on various sects, on various materials you can read about the variety of the religion, and some healthy thinking on doing your own research. Welcome to live Reddit chat, one of our very earliest episodes. I'm religious, but uh, Stephen Hassan's work uh, helped helped me get to. It, it, he helped me get out of uh, my fundamentalist phase phase in the past. Uh, I still. What, um, what yeah. a fundamental church, may I ask? Uh, it's not a church. Like I, I converted to Islam years ago. Oh, uh, yeah, like, ten, like, yeah, ten, ten, twelve years ago, something like that. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still a practicing Muslim, but I used to be. I used to go to like a Salafi Wahhabi mosque, and uh, I'm not gonna say like I don't know if I can compare people that go to a mosque like that to a cult, but the the vibe is definitely cultish and. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if it actually fits with Stephen Hassan's model, the bite model, if I'm not mistaken. But right. um, yeah, but but Salafism is a, is a uh, form of is a fundamentalist, very literalist mm-hmm. form of Islam. And it was actually by interacting with uh, uh, Stephen Hassan's work that uh, you know, at least in the psychological pers- from the psychological perspective, it helped mm-hmm. me a lot to get out of that well, state of mind. Yeah. I mean, because comparing it with your experience, when you feel the pressure of others to conform to whatever is being taught, you're already like red flag because we should be able to maintain our critical thinking while in a group. Right. But yeah, I can see why you were attracted to that work and he being a, you know, recovering from the Moonies unification church was, is extremely severe. It, yeah. it involves, um, and Dr. John Jalalish describes uh, cults as, you know, a sealed-in group. 
And so when you're saying that you don't feel that with your current practice, but when you did um, in this other sect, aha, difference there is, yeah. you know, you're contained in a cult. You're not going to say the wrong thing. It won't be allowed. That type of yeah. thing. I, now, let, I, let me ask yeah. you, Nihil, being involved with these types of religions, one of the things I grapple with as a survivor, you know, I love the group. The group experience, losing yourself in a group can be very powerful. Is that one of the things that attracted you? To be honest, like when I first came into Islam, I wasn't even like super uh, like I didn't have that kind of literalistic uh, mindset, if I can put it that way. It, yeah. it You kind of grow into it as you become part of the group. Um, mm. yeah, you know what I mean? So even, even my views on like, yeah, even my views on, on sexuality and other things, like I, I, I had very like sober views on those things. And then I came into mm -hmm. that group and, and it just totally, but you know, to be fair, I, I don't know if it was really psychologically traumatizing. It was just that when sure. I was, yeah, when I was having like these, these crises of faith, the thing that really helped me was, you know, uh, not just Stephen Hassan's work and other cult experts, um, but mm -hmm. but but even things within the Islamic tradition that kind of gives a nuanced picture of things like, you know, Islamic poetry and Islamic art and philosophy. Mm -hmm. Those were things mm -hmm. that really helped me. But um, nice. and now, yeah, now I go to a very healthier, like a very healthy mosque with people that are more open minded and stuff. But um yeah, but I don't know if I would say the like that that power, that group power was the thing that attracted me because the things that attracted me to Islam was definitely not the fundamentalism. I grew into the fundamentalism mm -hmm. like as I became part of that you know mosque, so to speak. Mm hmm. Uh, well, Muslimism is Islam is a very popular religion. Goes back, you know, thousands of years, if not. To the beginning of yeah. time, yeah. as far back as we know, right? Yeah. And and there's so many arguments to be made for or against religion, which is not one thing I'm here to do today, but more to take a look at, like you say, when is it unhealthy? Where do we cross the line? You know, yeah. I'm not against faith, but I've had to grapple with my own faith when God was used against me to torture me and, and hurt my family. And it, you know, long story, but it, we were separated. And that's one thing cults do. And I would say that's different than some religion doesn't implement separation of family right away. Cults do. Mm. Yeah. And that's that's also one difference that I've noticed. That's why I can't say Salafism is intrinsically cultish, even though it's very uh, fundamentalistic. But, mm -hmm. you know, like when I used to go to this mosque, I didn't necessarily cut my family off or anything like that. Although there are uh, sects. Yeah, there are sects of Salafis that they do that. But the one that I mm -hmm. was a part of didn't. Um, but uh, but it was definitely like mind controlling in some sense, like you cannot have your own thoughts, that kind of thing, you know. Mm -hmm. You're taught what to think, and we're going to do this together. Yeah, it's like hyper collectivistic, and you have to like mm -hmm. you cannot have, mm -hmm. you know, 
and, and I, you know, whatever, like I do think that if you are going to practice a religion, you, obviously you're going to think in a certain way, but you should also have some level of freedom within mm-hmm. that. Right. And, and you bet. Yeah. And, and that was something that, uh, you know, again, you know, a lot of the works from different cult experts helped me get out of that and practice my religion in a healthier way for myself and for others. And I'm very grateful right. for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, you know, we have to think, okay, what do you believe? You should be able to answer that based on your research, not what someone told you to think. That is like the first step, right? In being healthy. What do you believe? Not that pressure to say, well, I'm going to believe what I'm told to believe. (laughs) Critical thinking. I I was going to talk about hypnotism a bit because, and it, it even goes with your experience when you're talking about being sucked in bit by bit to doctrines. It doesn't start the first day, even in, I was Again, reading Bounded Choice by Dr. Lalish, um, she talks about indoctrination is the initial phase and brainwashing does not start right away. It's more once you've been brought in and you're already sold on the very basics, the uh, unhealthy brainwashing begins. And that is where the danger, right model, et cetera, comes into play because why would you need to control someone's very thinking? Because you have plans for them. (laughs) You got an agenda, you know what I mean? For example, I I was raised in a very uh, severe cult and age eight to 22. So it was only by the time I was 18 and I got a day job, and had a lot of exposure to other people, which I hadn't had a lot of, and began reading this book called Gut Reactors on a whim. I was working at a health food store, and it was like a self-help book that started talking about fear, that it's unhealthy to have fear in your solar plexus, and if you're feeling that a lot, you need to question it. And I said to myself, oh, my God, I've been feeling that for years. Uh oh, what's the problem here? Well, due to family separation and psychological pressures, um, initiations, rituals, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you know, I have this fear because I was going away from myself and my own desires. Being separated from yourself, I think, is the last step cults really take. And then you're at war with you. And that's like, to me, the biggest worst atrocity i'm at war with me my own self so yeah it was it was those questioning that moment when i read that questioning hmm well how am i living it is this healthy it began to to crack the solid foundation they had laid and i think questioning is really imperative the socratic method right questioning basic fundamental concepts, questioning the things that are presented to us, the propaganda we hear every day is a good practice. And ideologies should stand up to questioning. That's the other thing. 
If it doesn't, it's probably not very found, sound. So I'm glad you brought up. Um, and, and how did you find Steve yeah. Hassan, by the way? Did you find it online or? I think it was like I watched a. If, I, if I'm remembering correctly, I watched a movie uh, about mm-hmm. the about the Mooney cult. Yeah. Uh, and I watched that with a friend of mine, and and this friend of mine, he's like super into like cult documentaries. And at that at nice. that time, yeah. And at that time, I was like watching uh, documentaries about Jim Jones cult and stuff like that. Um, and, and this friend of mine, like, you know, I, I watched this movie with him and he told me that, uh, you know, there's this guy who used to be part of this cult and, you know, he has like, he has written books about it, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, that's how I kind of, uh, yeah, that's how I know. I think if I'm remembering correctly, that's how I I know, uh, Stephen Hassan. And yeah, he's a legend. So it's funny because like when my mom was kicked out of the cult my sister and I were still in and then we were separated later too but when she was out she uh found this group this is back in the 80s there was less help available but there was this group called cult awareness network and guess who she got to go speak to hear speak at a lecture Hmm. Steve Hassan He was there. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, you know, I need to get my kids out. What do I do? He's like, well, first start with reading this book. And he gave her a bunch of really good advice. And, you know, his story is insane because I talk about it a little in my last episode 28, um, where we break down his one of his uh, mentors, which was Robert J. Lifton. He's Uh. done a lot of He's in his 90s. He's done a lot of work on survivor mentality of all types of Holocausts. And in it, it was really cool. Steve Hassan um, was physically rescued by his parents from Moonies in transition to go back to the group. He was taken into a van. And deprogrammed. I remember him on the Breakdown podcast. I was listening to that. He was on there. And um, I can never say her name. But anyway, he was telling it. He was telling this story. And it was pretty stunning because, you know, he was a college-age student. And he was so enraptured in this cult. It was quick. It was very quick. They moved him into the inner circle and all this stuff. So he gets kidnapped and he he's wanting to do harm to his dad. He thinks back to it and he's like, what's going on? What has this turned me into? That alone started helping him realize what was happening, the severe indoctrination. But we get into these mindsets that are so real at the time. And then you look back and go, how could I ever believe that? How could I ever behave this way? Well, it made sense at the time. And the minis are in the news recently because you've you've probably followed this, but Mm. the Abe shooting in Japan. Oh, yeah. I've heard. Yeah, there's a connection, right, between. uh, Check this out. Yeah. See if you've heard the, the lineage of how this went. This man made a a homemade gun, 
because there's like no guns in Japan, very few. He arrived at this dignitary's uh, speech and shot him dead. Everyone's like, wow, what is going on? What is the motivation? As usual, right? And it's coming out in dribbles and and force report represses, uh, reports. His mother gave $700,000 to the Unification Church, the Moons. It ruined their family's finances. Wow. Devastated the family's finances. And he couldn't get her to stop. They kept, you know, giving the pressure for donations, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. A lot of, lev- lot of um, bullying takes place in donations in clubs. A lot. You know, you're going to go to hell if you donate, all these types of things. So she clearly felt the need to do it. And later, he just, he couldn't handle it anymore. I do not condone violence, but I also see that this was 20 years of anger. When he shot this particular guy, because he is the previous prime minister or whatever their president's name is, who met with the Unification Church in South Korea and brought it to Japan. And that's where his mother met the Unification Church and gave them basically all their money. His life's, you know, college fund, everything. And now you got a shooting. Sad but true. And Unification Church had been under investigation because people asked for refunds. They were just satisfied with what was going on and they weren't giving them the refunds they were put on a compliance program so this was not new this was a known issue with appropriation of funds and their members and that it's really come to light now then as if the story isn't wild enough turns out the man who was shot Abe his brother is in office it's being revealed he's got ties to the Unification Church, too. So, yeah, I'd say keep an eye on that story. It is thickening. It is definitely coming to light. It wasn't also like I've heard that there were members of the Unification Church, like Moonies, who were present at the storming of the Capitol in the U.S.? I did hear that, too. I did hear that, too. Well, yeah. One of the things, I know I haven't read it yet, but the cult of Trump, which Steve Hassan wrote, deals with some of this. And, you know, the whole Second Amendment movement that Trump's people embrace, I believe they're finding a a similar ideology in the Moonies. The Unification Church believes in arming um, against the government. It's a religious militia. Yeah, Yeah, it's like... Straight up. It's like a theocratic movement, right? They want to replace the government and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're they're getting traction with this Trump movement. So it's like, it's definitely one to watch. I can see why he's <laughs> ringing the alarm on this. Man. Are you familiar with... Uh, oh, sorry. If you, no, no, no. Go ahead. 
Are you familiar with uh, the Christian Reconstructionists? So, the Luz de Mundo Church. Yeah. If I'm not yeah. mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's different churches that adopt this stuff, but it's um, like there's also a lot of involvement uh, with Christian Reconstructionists in these right-wing movements, but they also hold to this very theocratic view like of how mm-hmm. yeah like the government should serve christ and you know people should submit to the law of god revealed in the bible and so on and it's like very popular mm-hmm. in reformed uh, presbyterian churches not okay. every yeah not every reformed presbyterian church but i mean i live in europe and oh, the, okay. yeah and where i live there is like the what we call the bible belt um, yeah we have it too yeah, and it's like full of these uh, reformed uh, Presbyterian churches, and they and they hold to this like like real Christian theocratic view, um, mm-hmm. and it's also very cultish. Like especially the Bible Belt is like full of very cultish like Christian mm-hmm. sects and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, Christianity is the original cult. I say because, well. I, I don't know. Judaism is also extremely secular, exclusionary of others, just like Christianity then said, I'm going to exclude you. It, it's gone back and forth. <laughs> yeah, that but, was like that was one of the, the things that also led me to question my own beliefs at the time, which mm-hmm. was this idea of like, you know, uh, whether it's Islam or Christianity or Judaism, there's mm-hmm. definitely something like like kind of uh, proto-cultish to the origin of these religions. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, and, and you kind of have to like, you know, if you want to continue to be spiritual and religious, you kind of have to like deal with that, right? You kind of have to. You do. You know, yeah, you have to like reinterpret things and you cannot like, you know, perpetuate the same, you know, uh, problem, so to speak, right? Or things that could become problems, let's just put it that way. So... Yeah. Well, and we, you're simulating my thinking because we get into ritualistic behavior because this is what this church does and we're going to do it, you know? And then if you don't question it, it becomes the dogma that you live by. And pretty yeah. soon, wait, why am I doing this? Why do I not? mixed meat and cheese when they're really not because it used to spoil but some people keep these types of traditions going and it shows when you see different ritualistic behavior you know holdovers from ten thousand years ago you have to question what were they thinking what was the origins of this and sometimes they're not needed <laughs> so let's put it that way what do you i don't want to about- put Oh, I don't want to put anyone's beliefs down. I, I don't want to ever put people's beliefs down, but I do want to encourage us to question that. It's healthy, right? Yeah. What were you going to ask? Yeah, no, before I ask, I, I, I 100% agree with you. As a matter of fact, uh, I became more strong in my spirituality as a result of questioning, right? So hmm. it's so people, yeah, people shouldn't see it as a threat or something to question. Um, right. That's right. Yeah. And, and they do. And that's where it becomes culty. Yeah. It's like when you've got totalism, yeah. you've got no critical thinking. 
and you're ripe yeah. for propaganda. Just tell me what to do and think. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was also a term that really helped me. The term you just used, totalism, that was a term yeah. that really, yeah, that was a term that really helped me like see things clearly in terms mm-hmm. of like religious worldviews and stuff like that, right? Like and how it influences us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, it's like, what place does totalism have in the church? None. It should not have any. Mm. It's like if we're all in this together, looking towards a higher power, then we're all equal, right? But the, mm. I think the real and and okay, now we're going to get into some nitty gritty here. I recommend this book. Let me get it. This book has blown me away. It's written by two religious studies teachers that are high school teachers, so it's not too brainy for me. Like I like it because it's in layman's terms. The book is called All You Want to Know But Didn't Think You Could Ask. And religions, cults, and popular beliefs. They even get into vampirism. <laughs> it's crazy. So it's written by DeVega and Garki, and Garki is spelled G-A-U-R-K-E-E. Now, I really love this book because it's a sweeping view of each religion, and there's charts in there on what's believed. And for this podcast and for other reasons, you know, I've been studying this book. When you, <laughs> it gets pretty interesting. When you put religions and compare them to each other, you start to see certain trends. Questioning the idea that one person says, I went and I talked to God and I have everything you need now. Put down your thinking caps. I got you. (laughs) Uh, No, I'm not going to do that any longer. And so that, you know, that whole concept. And by the way, when you, if you check out this book, you'll see that many religions are based into one guy, seer or prophet going into a cave Doing some mescaline? No, I don't know. That's humor. I I don't know what they do, but they go into the cave and they have a vision. They, like, you know, Abraham, like many prophets, and they come back and they give what they saw to the people. Fact. I can question that because you're a human. You can't, you know, You can't tell me you saw God because I wasn't there to witness it. But I I could believe you. And I can also question everything you say. (laughs) That's my right as a human. And that's where I'm at. Just the healthy sense of questioning. I wouldn't go as far as to say I don't believe in God, even though I teeter on Wondering how convenient it is to use God to clobber people so often. But I do believe in a higher power in good. I believe in good, the power of good. I believe that there's an army of good out here trying to help people just even through these topics. Hey, anyone else want to chime in? Nihil and I are on a heated conversation. He brought up Muslim and Islam. And I was from New Age religion. Anyone else? Raise your hand and I'll put you on the speaker stand. 
But I think it's interesting that you've been through the same types of thinking that I have. And I had new age religion Mm -hmm. still led me to question, huh? So if there's, they were teaching us that there's a spaceship above and we're part. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And we're part of the 144,000. Let me ask a question. Cult math. If we're all part of the 144,000, how does that work? Because there's only 144,000. Isn't that kind of like a Heaven's heavens Gate type cult or something like that? Or is it similar? Um, yes, it is similar. Mm. And that's why I'm studying uh, for this next podcast, number 29 on Tuesday. It's going to be about a new age religion and the sweeping ideas that collected into a potpourri of new age. And it really, um, it really shocked me because the roots of new age religion are actually from Aldous Huxley and a woman named Marilyn Ferguson. I never knew that. I thought it was just Deepak Chopra or Indian gurus. I'm actually, I'm very familiar with Aldous Huxley. I have uh, two of his Ah. books. Yeah, yeah. Do you now? Okay, tell me. Which uh, ones I have, have you read? Uh, I have finished uh, The Perennial Philosophy by Otto Huxley. Okay. Uh, and I have his uh, Brave New World. I, you know, I know the right. theme of the story, yeah. But right. like per- The Perennial Philosophy, I think it's actually a pretty good book, to be honest. And it has influenced my own spiritual development. Hmm. Well, now yeah. you'll know that he's one of the people that ushered in the new yeah. age religion. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I don't deny that. There's definitely like a toxic. I didn't even realize. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. he was a satirist for much of his 50 books. Can you believe he wrote 50 books? This guy. Wow. Yeah. yeah I had to research him a little. Cause I was just like, wait, I need more. And he, he was early American, uh, actually British. Excuse me. He died in, let me think. I have this number. Uh, 37, I believe. Mm-hmm. So his works have endured and it's pretty interesting to see yeah. whether you believe it, uh, agree or not. Just seeing his thinking, you know, reviewing society, being a critic of society. And so basically the position I find myself in is to um, be critical of society based on the totalism of uh, living and, you know, existing around indoctrinated people and seeing people act like minions, like Mm. just totally lose their sense of self. And there is, there is some power in that group. Yeah. I had a, I had a question precisely about that. And I don't want to forget the question. Um, and maybe you can finish your thought, uh, after the question, cause I think it relates to what you're saying, but, uh, do you, do you, cause there's people who have this theory that like every culture is grounded in a ancient cult of some sort, like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and even they say like, even, even semantically, right? Like the word culture stems from the word, uh, cult, right? So yeah. 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 Do, do you agree with this view or like, do you have a different? Well, I'm at this point in my life where I'm realizing everything is religious. So I would have to say, I do believe in it because 
it's just through recent questioning, research, and um, yeah, being critical that I've realized, like, oh God, you know, even say, oh God, or bless you, or oh geez, well that's Jesus. Yeah, all these. Um, okay, how about this one? Now superstitions. Mm. Superstitions. Now I know are religious. Yeah. Here's another one. Astrology is religious. What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, wait, I thought astrology was this modern concocted thing. <laughs> Guess what? In Jesus' time, they were looking at the stars to predict the future. They yeah. were saying the end of the world's coming because such and such stars are aligning. So, yeah, it's through time. Yeah. Yeah. So. Like, are you familiar with um, what's the name? Uh, the Moorish Science Temple and Nobodru Ali and his cult. I'm not. Oh, that's. Uh, I can I tell you a little bit about it because it's, it's fascinating. Yeah, it's fascinating. Like, it's a. Uh, tell. Yeah, you know the Nation of Islam, right? Like uh, uh, Louis Farrakhan. Definitely. Yeah, Elijah Muhammad. Yeah, like. N O I. Yeah, like they, they are actually based on a earlier uh, cult. Um, and uh, Noble Drilly is the name of this guy. I think he's schizophrenic. I can't say for sure. I'm not an expert, but from what I have mm-hmm. read, it seems like it. And there's actually, there's actually a, a Muslim scholar that has uh, written about this. I have the book right here. It's called The Five Percenters, uh, Islam, Hip Hop, and the Gods of New York by Michael Muhammad Knight. Um, okay. And it talks about this group, uh, the five percenters the, in the U.S. But in, in this book, he also talks about uh, Noble Drilly. And what's fascinating about him is that um, he he mixed a bunch of like religions together, much like a lot of New Age cults. But yeah, the, but even like before the development of New Age and and he was actually like a smart guy, like he studied like the Hebrew languages, the Arabic languages, like. Okay. Um, yeah, and he mixed a lot of different kinds of like religions together, like Islam, Christianity, Judaism, Zoroastrianism. He he okay. mixed like oh my gosh, Zoroastrianism! Yeah. You never hear about that one. Yeah, he mixed like elements of uh, UFO stuff, like aliens mm. and conspiracy theory, and yeah, and and I was having a discussion about uh, him with my mom, and um, and my mom said, "Look something at really- you! Look at you being that critical <laughs> thinker everywhere! Nice." Cheers for that. I love it. Yeah. My mom was like, uh, you know, my mom is uh, also religious, but she's a Christian, right? She's not a Muslim. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. um, and, but we have discussions like, and she respects my religion. I I respect hers. And, and, yeah. And, and she knows a little bit about Nobo Drulli because I I told her about it. And, and she said that, like, you know, I think it's crazy that he mixed all these religions. And then I told her, like, well, the Bible does the same thing, right? Like it's a mixture of like Judaism, Zoroastrianism, <laughs> primitive Christianity. Right? What like, did she say to that? Yeah, she she first like thought like she she stopped to think a little bit, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Well, yeah, but we believe that the Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit." And I said, "Yeah, Noble Drilli believed the same thing. <laughs> like he he believed that he was inspired to like mix all of these things together, right?" So. See, see, because when you say uh, Christianity is derived from Judaism, 90% of the people in the world do not know that 
back, dude. You're saying it and they're going, huh? <laughs> but if you read any religious studies books, you will see that Judaism was there first. Yeah. And Christianity yeah. came. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like, and in addition to that, like the Bible so is. Yeah, the Bible is even like the mixture of religions in the canon of the Bible it goes even deeper than just Judaism. I mean, like even um, Yahwehism, like there was yes. like a, yeah, there is like a proto-Judaic sect even before like, uh, you okay. know, Moses. Yeah, so wow, like you've the, really done your homework. I love this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and, and you're right. Mm-hmm. You're right about this and a lot of people won't even examine the roots of their religion because it's enough i like it i believe it that's it yeah like no questioning (laughs) okay lazy one (laughs) you're the reason we have plastic bags people no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) but the thinking um this let's see recent speaking uh, lectures on various podcasts by a Dutch scholar was talking about mass formation. And he was saying that one of the things that takes place is mass hypnotism. And in that, we are impressionable. And in being impressionable, we, we become indoctrinated. And then we no longer question. So he was uh, saying that questioning people helps to break up hypnotism. If you can simply use critical thinking and say, okay, I'm really glad that this type of belief works for you. How about, why is this? You know, I I can't think of a specific because we're kind of going through so many religions right now, but love is one cult. How come you're the mother God and you are an alcoholic, you use meth, and you scream at your followers. <laughs> Why is this okay? Hashtag because God, right? I see some of you are using the chat, and I was wondering the hill, because yeah. this is on this is on replay too. If you mm-hmm. can chat the name of that guy you were just telling me oh, about. Yeah, yeah, sure. Because uh, it's it. a hard one to spell. Yeah. Should I also like give you the title of the book I just mentioned? Or? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll read more, that <laughs> would be so awesome because the more I learn, the more I understand about us humans. That's and awesome. so, guys, this will be available for replay. So, Nihil's notes on the text will mention that book he was speaking of. And, you know, I'm at that point of being a seeker of knowledge let's just look at it let's not be absolutists and totalists let's not have to lock it down one thing that's so interesting about robert j lifton that really makes my heart sing he talks about how oh i can hear you texting (laughs) good dutifully go nahil go he he talks about not at all he talks about how we as humans we have a weakness we do not know where we go when we die and thus it creates a an extreme lust for that knowledge 
it creates an extreme desire for that knowledge. When someone comes along and says, listen, I know where we go when we die. Oh, you do? Tell me. And then they present this absolutist view that they've concocted and people believe them. And the fact is that we don't know. We do not know. Let's be honest. And so that's that's what sells books. That's what sells self-help books. So that's what sells religion. Can we all just realize, though, that some things are unknown? And let's be at peace with that. If you're feeling down and no one's there to actually talk to, there is someone to talk to. Call the Suicide Prevention Hotline anytime. This will pass. Please know that many of us have survived these thoughts. Call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255 anytime, day or night. There's a friendly person there that can remind you to value the life you have and that this too shall pass. Again, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 800-273-8255, 800-273-8255, or search online, National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. You're listening to The Frankie Files, frankiefilespodcast.com.